Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. I'm your host, Brianna Wilson. I am a certified dementia practitioner and the founder of Bamboo Care. So on today's episode, we'll be talking about something that I've actually brought up in a couple of episodes, but I never really went into depth about, and that is establishing a routine. And so I've talked about the importance of establishing a routine when it comes to sundowning. I've talked about it when it comes to dealing with apathy. And establishing a routine is also good if you're having any kind of issues with like sleep or if your person may be displaying certain behaviors. It could be because their routine or lack thereof is a little bit out of whack. So one thing I want to make clear before I get started is that a routine is different from a schedule. And so although you may hear these terms used interchangeably, I want you to understand that the way that I'm talking about it, they're different. So with a routine, there is a sequence of tasks that follow a predictable order. When we talk about a schedule, we're emphasizing the time component. So for example, at 8 a.m., you wake up. At 8.30, you eat breakfast, so forth, so on. A routine would just be first you wake up, then you eat breakfast. The time component is not as important, okay? So why do we even need a routine to begin with? So in general, most people living with dementia tend to function better when things are consistent and predictable, okay? And a familiar routine can decrease stress not only for your person living with dementia, but also you as the care partner because you kind of have an understanding of how the day is going to flow. And the good thing about routines is that you can always change the routine if you need to, but it allows enough flexibility that you don't have to stress yourself out because when you have something like a schedule, if you get off of that schedule, so behind schedule, meaning that you're running kind of late, you're not on the specific time you need to be on, it can cause you to kind of stress out and freak out because everything that you needed to get done isn't being done in a quote-unquote timely manner, okay? And so no matter what stage your partner is in, okay, no matter what's going on, routines are helpful for anyone who's involved. So when we talk about establishing a routine, there are a few components that you want to make sure you are taking into consideration, okay? So one is meals. So that includes breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. You want to make sure you're accounting for all those things. Another thing is hygiene. So this could be clothing changes, baths, grooming activities, things like that. Medications, if they take medications, some people just take medications in the morning and then at night, and some people take their medications three times a day, usually falling in line with their meals, okay? And then another thing is toileting, which is especially important if your partner is incontinent. You want to make sure you have this kind of consistent routine of either changing them or of reminding them to use the bathroom. So sometimes um, people will put their partner on what's referred to as like a toileting schedule. So every two to three hours, they'll take their partner to the bathroom to use it, okay? 
You also want to make sure you're considering stimulating activities, leisure activities, and then restorative activities such as sleep or naps because some people function really well and actually much better if they end up taking a nap at like the optimal time, okay? Whereas others, if they take a nap, it really just throws them off, okay? And then you wanna make sure that you're accounting for any appointments, visitations, and then your own self-care. Make sure that you put your own self-care into the routine, okay? So let's talk about some other things that are really important to take into consideration when you're kind of creating this routine. So for one, one thing you wanna make sure is that if your house has poor lighting, that you're opening the blinds, turning on the lights, and all that good stuff in the morning. And if you can, even get them outside. Sunlight is so good for us. Getting the optimal amount of vitamin D actually helps people sleep better too. It kind of like regulates the sleep cycle, if you will. So getting them some sunlight, some good light during the day is so good. And then you want to make sure that you then close those blinds at night and then still turn the lights on until bedtime to kind of help reduce those shadows, which can then cause, you know, delusions or misinterpretations of the environment. Okay. Another thing that you want to make sure that you're doing is that you're balancing activity and rest. You want to make sure that you're providing stimulating activities for your partner, but you also want to make sure that you're not overdoing it and that it's not one activity after another and then another and then another and then another because as they get physically and cognitively tired, if they're still demanding tasks being presented to them later in the day, that's when you might see some of those behaviors of them kind of acting out or experiencing delusions or hallucinations and all those types of things because their like cognitive capacity has been just overextended at that point, okay? So you want to make sure that you're balancing activity and rest. Also, you want to Make sure that any physically or cognitively demanding activity is done in the morning, and that includes appointments. Most people tend to function better in the morning after they've gotten some rest and they're kind of functioning with a fresh brain, if you will, okay? Another thing that you want to keep in mind, especially when you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what activities should I engage my partner in? So you want to consider what your partner likes and dislikes. You want to take into consideration any old habits, routines, or preferences that they may have, okay? The more familiar a task is, the more enjoyable a task is, the more likely that they're going to want to actually participate in the task, okay? And when you are engaging them in different things, try not to ask them hey, do you want to do this? Because they'll likely tell you no. If anything, you want to invite them to do it or ask them for their help in doing something, okay? Now, other important considerations is that you want to try to limit caffeine and sugar intake, especially after 5 p.m., because that can really, really throw off their sleeping because Caffeine and sugar can be very stimulating for people. And so if they're still getting a lot of that later in the day, 
they can end up being up all night and kind of restless. You also want to make sure that you're allowing for flexibility within the routine. You don't want to pack the routine so tight with so much stuff to do that if one little piece goes awry, your whole routine is thrown off. You want to make sure that your routine is flexible. And you also want to keep in consideration that sometimes your partner might not want to do that thing. And that's perfectly okay. Don't let that just throw a monkey wrench into your day, okay? And then also, please, please don't forget to add self-care to the routine. Self-care is so important, guys. You really have to consciously put self-care into your routine. Sometimes it's like, okay, well, I need to find the time to take care of myself. No, you can't look at it as I have to find time. You have to make time. You have to consciously put in the effort to care for yourself, okay? So real briefly, let's talk about the benefits of activities and why it's just so important to try to engage your partner in meaningful, enjoyable activities. So I talked about this a little bit in the apathy episode, but sometimes we can be a little bit guilty of assuming that our partner just doesn't want to do anything, especially if all they do is sit on the couch and watch TV, or even when we do ask them if they want to do something, they're constantly telling us no, okay? But we have to remember that, you know, people living with dementia will often have difficulty planning and initiating tasks. So if you're expecting them to just do something on their own, it's sometimes it's just not going to happen. And also, if you're asking them if they want to do something, you can get a lot of no's either because they didn't understand what you asked or they just don't feel like doing whatever it is that you suggested. So you'll usually have better luck, like I said, if you either invite them to do something or if you ask them for their help in doing something, okay? So benefits of remaining active and engaged for your partner is improved sleep, decreased challenging behaviors, decreased wandering or agitation, decreased depression, gives them stimulation of the brain, which is super important. It increases your bond with them, and it also helps reduce like caregiver time spent on duty, if you will. Because if they are engaged in something, especially if it's not just something that you have to be involved in, it gives you a chance to kind of step back and do something else as well. So I kind of hinted on this already, but When choosing activities for your partner, you want to make sure that you're taking into consideration their personality, their likes, previous habits, roles, hobbies, occupations, okay? You want to make sure that you're taking their senses and any physical limitations into account, you know? How's their vision? How's their hearing? What about their sense of touch? Do they have any impairments in their strength, their mobility or dexterity, And you also want to make sure that you're selecting activities that can be easily integrated into the routine because sometimes we make the mistake of, I don't want to say thinking too big, but it just doesn't always fit with the routine. And so it ends up not happening because it doesn't just smoothly integrate into what else is going on. Okay, and like I said, I strongly, strongly encourage you to identify activities that you can do with your partner 
and also activities that your partner can perform more independently that requires less assistance and supervision, okay? You wanna make sure that these activities are individualized, that they focus on the strengths of your partner, that they're familiar and use familiar skills, that they're purposeful and meaningful. You also wanna make sure that the activities are failure-free and that you're judging the activities based on their enjoyment of it, not necessarily the performance, because it's not about whether it's done correctly or right or any of that. It's about whether or not they are enjoying themselves, okay? Because if you don't pick something that's failure-free and there is kind of that option to fail, it can become very frustrating, especially if it's too challenging for them, okay? So we want activities that are going to enhance their self-esteem and improve their overall quality of life, okay? And so just to give you a couple of activity ideas before I wrap this up, it could be anything. It could be arranging flowers. It could be baking or cooking, doing chair or wheelchair exercises, having them color or draw or paint any DIY type of craft projects. They can dance with you, listen to music, sing to music. They can help feed the pets. They can fold towels and laundry, help out in the garden. I mean, there's so many different things that your partner can do, even in late stages. And in the late stages of dementia, the biggest change when it comes to activities is that you really want to focus on their senses, especially the ones that they have left, okay? So this could be something like a rummage box if they're still able to interact. It could be something like a therapy doll or pet. It could be kind of more like aromatherapy type of things like getting to smell their favorite scents or favorite foods, those types of things. It could be looking out the window and there's like a bird feeder out there and they get to see the squirrels and the birds or if there's like a fish tank. So just anything that kind of focuses on the senses. Maybe they like to be massaged, things like that. So definitely you want to be creative. You want to keep an open mind. You want to take into consideration, like I said, all their likes and their preferences and their previous roles and habits and things like that. But guys, I cannot stress to you enough how important establishing a routine is, okay? And like I said, it doesn't have to be jam-packed full of stuff. There just has to be kind of a predictable flow to the day. And as I mentioned in the beginning, the great thing about a routine is that if something isn't working, if something seems a little off about the routine, you can always readjust it. But when you have a routine, it kind of gives you a basis of like reflection to determine, okay, well, typically we do it like this, but this day we kind of changed that. Well, how did that impact their behavior when we changed that? Is that maybe why they acted in this way, you know? So guys, just try it. If you don't already have a routine, just give it a try. So as I always say, I really do hope that this podcast was interesting and informative and that you learned something of value. If you have any questions or if you have any podcast recommendations, then please just send us a voice message at whatthedementia.com or send us an email at podcast at whatthedementia.com. 
Thank you for joining us on another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. We look forward to catching you on the next episode. Take care, and until next time, stay strong, carry on, and remember, you are not alone. Bamboo Care is always here.